Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me on the line Joe Sanak. Joe is a business consultant, and he's also the author of Thursday is the New Friday, How to Work Fewer Hours and Make More Money and Spend Time Doing What You Want. Joe has been a TEDx speaker and has been featured in Forbes, Good Magazine, and the Smart Passive Income Podcast. He is also the host of the popular Of the Practice Podcast, which is recognized as one one of the top 50 podcasts worldwide with over 100,000 downloads each month. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the show. Jeff, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be an awesome, awesome episode. So you and I met at the podcast movement uh, show, what was it, last month? And... Uh, or this month, actually. Yeah, in August. And basically, what was really interesting about meeting you is that uh, you had this great pitch for the book that you have coming out. And we'll get into more about that later. But I wanted to get a little bit more of a feel for how you got to where you are today, right? So uh, how you became you know, someone who's a recognized expert in the field of productivity and also how this book actually came about. Yeah, I took a pretty traditional route. Uh, went to college and got my master's degree in counseling and psychology, worked at community mental health, nonprofits, uh, eventually was working at a community college after I was a foster care supervisor and you know, started this counseling practice on the side just to pay off student loan debt. And as I was doing that, I realized very quickly I had no business experience whatsoever and had a lot to learn in a very short period of time. In grad school, they didn't teach us anything about business, just a lot about counseling. And so as I read books, I started to blog about it and then eventually podcast about it. So in 2012, I launched a podcast. Uh, called Practice of the Practice, just talking about what I was learning. I'd read a book and talk about what I was learning and how I was applying it. But at the time, there weren't any podcasts about the business of private practice. And so uh, right away, I was the number one podcast for counselors in private practice. Um, so then kind of as I started to do that more, there were more and more consulting uh, opportunities that came up where there were people that they wanted to level up their private practice. So I had this side gig, you know, podcast, uh, counseling practice while still doing my full-time job. But then in 2015, Fifteen, uh, my second child was born, and you know, she. I decided to do the full family medical leave act and started to work twenty hours a week at the college. And every month was the best month I had had financially. Uh, and then eventually, in two thousand fifteen, ended up leaving that full time job full time. And and in that process, really started to see that working fewer hours for me, as I did experiments, really helped me level up faster because it was forcing me to work on just the best things that I could work on. And then I could slow down more on the weekend. And spend time with my family and be so recharged for the next week that I then would run full tilt again. And so this pattern of slowing down and killing it, slowing down and killing it, 
just kind of became the way that I ran my life and what I was teaching my consulting clients. So then as I was looking at writing a book, that naturally became kind of the direction that I'd go with the book. You know, what's interesting about that is uh, when I was working in corporate, I would just fantasize about doing things like that, right? You know, I would be sitting at a desk, right? And trying to figure out how can I get out of here? How can I still be with my kids? Because in my experience, they never gave me enough work to actually fill up my day. So what would happen is I would, you know, I'd still have to be at the desk. I'd still have to be, you know, present in the office and, you know, you can't go home, right? And I was always thinking like, you know, there's got to be a better way, right? So when you're talking about uh, productivity and also creativity, when, uh, you know, when someone's working on, you know, on a project, being able to condense that into manageable blocks and be able to give yourself a better quality of life. I mean, that's really paramount. That's what a lot of entrepreneurs uh, do. That's what some of us, you know, want to do, right? But sometimes it's not always so easy, right? Especially if you're in a if you're in a situation where you have to be online, you know, at certain hours or you have to be present for certain uh, for certain types of business. How do you help people figure out uh, figure that part out on managing that schedule while still getting a lot of things done? Yeah, I think your example is a perfect example of of when people are just working at the desk of how the industrialists thought. You know, Henry Ford in 1926 instituted the 40-hour work week for Ford. Uh, and before that, people were, were working 10 to 14 hours a day, six to seven days a week. So that was a huge step forward for the evolution of business. But uh, it was really a selfish one because he wanted to sell more cars. Uh, his mindset was that people would not buy a car to just get to work faster. But instead, if they had a 40-hour work week with a weekend, they'd buy a car so that they could make the most out of their weekends. And it worked. Um, and so this becomes something nationwide less than 100 years ago. And so that industrialist mindset of people being machines that you just got to sit there for 40 hours hours, even if you have all your work done, um, it's still something that so many supervisors buy into. But now, post-pandemic, we saw during the pandemic, people were able to meet a number of those outcomes uh, when they were working from home, when they were able to you know, go make their kids lunch and then do some Zoom school for their kids and then go back to work. And we, we're hearing these stories now of people that worked two full-time jobs you know, because it was so productive to be able to just work 50%. And so what we're seeing is that you know, smart businesses that are moving away from the industrialists, they're thinking more in an evolutionary nature where people can start to design their own work, design their own KPIs, their own key performance indicators to be able to really look at how do I want this job to suit me uh, while also meeting the outcomes of that particular employer. One of the things that comes to mind when, uh, you know, when talking about that is there really needs to be a new way to implement it, not just for the employer, right? Or not just for yourself, the entrepreneur, but also to get it implemented so that you can take this time off and even pass this down, you know, if you have employees. How do you help people figure out that schedule and how to actually actually implement it so that nothing does fall through the cracks because it's one thing for you to, you know, just raise your hand and say, I declare I'm going to work Monday through Thursday and I'm done. Right. But what happens if something comes up on Friday? What happens if something comes up on Sunday? You know, like uh, one of the things that I deal with is that I have some contractors that have a work week that is Sunday to Thursday. Right. So I can't necessarily take off. I mean, they know not to give me, you know, big, heavy things on Sunday. Right. But at the same time, I can, you know, still react to them. 
I could still, you know, message them on Slack. But there's got to be, you know, a great way to help them figure out, okay, you know, this is the schedule. This is how we're going to, you know, this is how we're going to implement it. And this is how we're going to still maintain, you know, the excellent level of service that we're providing for our clients. How does that work? Yeah. So when, when I see effective businesses start to implement Thursday is the new Friday, uh, it goes through some very clear kind of different phases. So uh, let me just start with that. This is a book that's not like the industrialist books. The industrialist books were very prescriptive. They would say, here's the five steps. Here's how you always do it. It should apply to every situation. See, I recognize that the average business owner sees the nuances of their own business. And so it's really teaching the business owner and their staff how to think and adjust and be agile for their particular situation. Instead of just saying, here's the wide net for everybody. Instead, we're saying, here are some ways to experiment so that you can self-learn and adapt over time. So that's where we start from. And so what this typically looks like is a particular department will usually have six to eight people that are on a team within that department. And usually you're going to want to have people that are all around the same type of job. You don't want to have someone from accounting and then a salesperson, then a creative person. You want to have people that all have about the same type of job. Those six to eight people are often reading this book together. And then they'll say, okay, let's invite our supervisor in on this conversation. And so with that, with that supervisor, they'll identify the KPIs that that team is judged on. So what are these key performance indicators? The two, maybe three uh, that really represent the bulk of this particular position. And so once they agree on that, then they look at what what could this schedule look like as an experiment. And so we want to look at at least two months um, with three months being the max for this experiment, because then that allows you a little bit of time to ride some of the waves. If you have a one month experiment, it could be a month that it's just a really tough month for the company. It could be a great month for the company. We want to do this as an experiment instead of as a long-term plan. So then once you've kind of defined that you're doing a four-day work week, then as a team, you need to troubleshoot as much as you can. So exactly what you're talking about, Jeff, where you know individuals may say, well, what about Fridays? We're an IT team. What if someone gets locked out of their password? We can't just disappear on a Friday. Okay, so let's troubleshoot some of those. Maybe we need to have an on-call schedule. Maybe we need to have uh, a schedule where we uh, kind of rotate through. So we're going to try to troubleshoot as many of those things as possible. And then the next part that often teams miss is setting boundaries around your personal time. So what are the hard boundaries and what are the soft boundaries? So for example, we're never going to email each other after 6 p.m. Uh, because, you know, it just takes that one person that sends the nine o'clock email and then half the team is informed for the next day and everyone feels like they need to start checking email after the kids are in bed. So what are those norms that we're going to set as a team on Fridays? Is it going to be a hard stop Thursday night? Are we going to have a little bit of emailing? So you're then defining the culture as an individual team that we can all agree on. So then on Monday mornings, we're going to look at how did that go in regards to our boundaries? Because we want to make sure we say, hey, Jim, you sent me an email at 10 at night on Thursday. And then um, according to our rules, I'm not supposed to look at that until Monday morning. But then the rest of the team read it. We need to talk through those things. So then weekly, you're going to send that supervisor an email reporting out on those KPIs. So this particular, our sales are up 2%, our sales are down 5%. And then giving one or two clear action items that you're going to do to try to enact that next week's kind of actions for the team. And then lastly, you want to do a 360 evaluation of how that all went. So you're discussing and talking about how did the four-day work week go? A lot of supervisors, if on the front end, you say, this is going to make you look like the innovative leader. We're going to do our best to make sure that we don't reduce our KPIs. If anything, we blow it out of the water. We want to give you some of the kind of creativity that came out of this and even just some of the different qualitative things that came out of this experiment. And then you're going to do a full report at the end that that supervisor can pass on as if it's their own. 
you want that supervisor to feel like they were the leader that made this amazing thing happen, even though you're the one that's getting the four-day work week. What I'm curious about here is how much of a role does software play into this, right? Now, you talked about email, right? And, you know, the hardware as well, you know, like your iPhone, right? But how much can a, like a project management tool help with this or a, or a to-do list management or even a process management software? Where does all that fit in, in terms of, uh, in terms of being able to achieve those KPIs that you mentioned? Yeah. So I'd say we had most of our conversation just now in the kind of productivity four-day work week side of things. If we step back and say, what should precede that? It's the slowing down. I mean, the one big tip I would say is that your slowing down is going to be the very thing that helps you speed up. And so if we step back into that, what happens when you slow down? When you take away a day of work and you're only working four days, say you have 20 tasks in a week and you can only get to 16. Are you going to be doing your best 16 or your worst 16? of course you're going to do your best 16. So you're going to start to drop the ball on those remaining tasks that you didn't get to. They aren't the best use of your time compared to everything else. And so then we can start to ask ourselves questions like, you know, what should we do with those remaining tasks? So we can just totally eliminate them. We can start to outsource them. Or we can use software as a service to automate some things that maybe in the past were done manually. And that could save the company a whole bunch of money. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that you can start to innovate and to help things run more smoothly. As well, we see that teams that start to do this, they're then talking to each each other, not from a competitive or challenging type of point of view, but hey, we all want to have a four-day work week. How can we be as efficient as possible to make the case for this? So then we see collaboration across the board that we don't often see in other, other areas. And software absolutely comes into as part of that discussion. When talking about this then, how do you ensure that you can get buy-in from all these different people? I mean, there's going to be some resistance because God forbid you're going to put together a schedule that doesn't fit one or two people on this team, right? And they're going to be vocal about it. They're going to be like, hey, wait a second, don't take away my Fridays or don't take away my Sundays or, you know, however it is. How do you handle that then, you know, when people are actually resistant to this new way of working as opposed to, you know, just going with the flow and appreciate? I mean, I would start with it when you're doing these experiments, you want to have people that have full buy-in. So I would rather see a team of three or four be allowed to do an experiment and compete against those people that don't have the buy-in. So say you have a team of eight and three or four are just like ready to try this model that I just outlined. Just let those three or four try it and do an A-B test and say, okay, well, let's all do the KPI model. Let's all report out. We'll have one team that does four days a week and another team that does five days a week. You all want to work five days? That's fine. But let's look at this on a side-by-side model. And so I would start with go with the people that are most passionate about it, that are most willing to to bend over backwards. Because if they can show that that it's effective, uh, eventually that's going to spread. I think, you know, secondly, there's already people that are frustrated with how we work already. And so to say, well, what about those people that don't like the new model? Well, there's plenty of people that don't like the old model. And, and so we're always going to frustrate people. Innovation is always going to piss some people off. I mean, you think about when Henry Ford started the 40-hour work week. You don't think the people that were working people 10 to 14 hours a day, six or seven days a week were frustrated? They'd be like, no way are we going to go to a 40-hour work week. That's ridiculous. We're working people six or seven days a week. How are we going to deal with that kind of loss? Whenever there's transformation, we always see that there's pushback. And so I would say that that's not a bad thing, but let's start with the people that are most invested and the people that uh, most want to work the model. And then from there, we can always start to work on buy-in. Amazing advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Can you please let everyone know how they can reach out to you directly and how they can learn more about your book that's coming out? Yeah. So joesanok.com is the hub of everything around
around the book. Uh, all of my keynote speeches and future writings and current writings are all at joesanok.com. We're also bringing together experiments that as people try these things out, we want to report publicly what's working, what's not working, so that we can learn together. That it's not just me. I'm not the new Henry Ford. We're doing this together as a community. And so you can submit those over at joesanok.com. We also have um, book clubs over there. If people are hosting book clubs and you want to join a virtual book club, you can join those over there as well. Uh, and then uh, you can just email me through that website, joesanok.com, and you can get Thursday is the new Friday, wherever you get your books. That could be your local bookstore and have them pre-order it, or you can get it from Amazon or somewhere else. Amazing stuff. Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really informative. I can't wait to get my hands on this book. And, um, I, you know, it's just been really great. You know, I love bringing new ideas to the forefront, you know, so that people can actually, you know, really think about them, really meditate on them and think like, okay, how are we going to make this happen? So Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.